Hey, good afternoon. Welcome in to the Boulevard Brewing Company post-game drink here. Mizzou, a 59-28 winner over Southeast Missouri State. I am Gabe DeArmond. We're going to talk about it with you guys for the next however long you guys want to talk about it for. Um, Missouri goes to 2-1 and one on the season, comes back from a 35-28 loss at Kentucky last week before a... 11 a.m. game, noon local time, I guess, at that point. Uh, game at Boston College next weekend. Again, 59-28, the final score. Let's get this out of the way right now. There's two ways you can look at this game. One, Missouri was ahead 52-7 to early in the fourth quarter. The starters hadn't played largely since halftime. They played three quarterbacks. Four guys, five guys actually accounted for the first touchdown of their career, and pretty much everybody who was on scholarship got on the field. Or, Simo ended up running for 294 yards and scoring 21 points in the fourth quarter. I, what you focus on is kind of up to you. I'm pretty sure I know what's going to be focused on here. Um, I tend to put a lot more stock in the idea that, hey, Missouri was up 52-7 and did exactly what it should should have done against an FCS team that was outmanned at every position for 50 minutes of the game. In the last 10 minutes, they don't mean nothing, but they don't mean very much. That's at least my opinion. So we're going to run through just some of the numbers and, and take a look at a few different things for you guys, and then uh, we'll go through your comments, open up the phone lines, and however long we're here for, we're here. Um, generally, games like this tend to be a little bit less active and and inspire a little bit less activity because it was SEMO, and it's a three-hour and 15-minute game, and it's over at 2.30, and a lot of people might have other plans today. But if you guys are here hanging out with us, we will do this for as long as you guys feel like it. So Tyler Beatty, again, uh, Missouri's first drive, I think, was six plays. Tyler Beatty touched it on five of them. He scored a touchdown. He caught a touchdown on his second drive. He had another touchdown run late in the first half, ended up accounting for 95 total yards on 11 touches, and sat the entire second half of the game out. Ideal. Connor Bazelak, 21 for 30, 346, three touchdowns. He also played a half. Um, those numbers probably would have looked even a little bit better, but there was a series in the second quarter where I think that I don't know if he had hit his elbow or his hand or something on a helmet, but you could pretty clearly see Basilak shaking his hand, and he was in a little bit of pain, and he probably couldn't feel the ball or grip the ball all that well. On that series, he threw he overthrew two wide-open receivers uh, just straight over their heads, and that made the numbers actually look probably not as good as they could have looked, even though they still looked awfully good. Uh, that that next number is actually off because um, I didn't anticipate Simo to run for a 75-yard touchdown and give the ball back to Missouri. Mizzou ended up with 675 yards of total offense. Uh, Tyler Macon, the first touchdown pass of his career. Michael Cox, the first touchdown run of his career. And then uh, Mookie Cooper, Boo Smith, J.J. Hester, and Chance Looper, I'm sorry, Mookie Cooper didn't get in the end zone. It was J.J. Hester, Boo Smith, and Chance Looper all scored touchdowns. Mookie Cooper and Dominic Lovett both uh, had their biggest days. Certainly 15 different skill position players touched the football. 
Again, Mizzou led 52-7 early in the fourth quarter, and um, we will get to some of your comments. I want to take a look at at kind of the side-by-side stats here. Again, SEMO ends up with 373. I'm going to go back, actually, and see if I can find what the number was at the end of the third quarter. Uh, Give me just a minute. Okay, it was 52-7 at the end of three quarters. Missouri had gained 587 total yards, and SEMO had gained 156. So SEMO had 217 yards in the fourth quarter. At the end of the third quarter, SEMO had run for 109 yards. They ran for 185 in the fourth quarter. Does that matter to you? I I don't know. I, not that much I mean the guys that were on the field when SEMO did that are not going to be on the field very much to be quite honest um you know that they may not see the field again this season if we're being honest Uh, a few more expanded stats for you guys just kind of some individual stuff and and look there were a lot of different guys that touched the ball so not all of Missouri's receivers can get on here but uh Beatty, 9 for 81. Michael Cox, 4 for 77. Elijah Young, 12 for 46. B.J. Harris gets in the game, 5 for 17. Uh, Lovett, Cooper, and Downing all had a carry. And then Kiki Chisholm, uh, 5 catches for 50. Lovett, 4 for a team-high 79. Cooper, 4 for 64, including the uh, 46-yarder. J.J. Hester, 2 for 79 and a touchdown. The 65-yarder on the slant from Tyler Macon that he did most of the work. And then Chance Looper, 2 for 60 and a touchdown. was a little swing pass that he took down the the sideline from Connor Basilak in the first half. So uh, 59-28. And again, there are two different ways to look at this, and I have a feeling we are going to have both of those ways coming up here. Um, so let's let's take a look at some of the comments before we open up the phone lines. Adam thinking six and six is the ceiling after that game. I if you came into this game thinking six and six was the ceiling, I, I understand. Um, I, I don't know what game on Missouri's schedule you thought they could win before today that you now no longer think they can win. I mean, is six and six possible? Absolutely, it's possible. Is it the ceiling? Um, well, they're two and one. So, BC, I guess you're counting that as an automatic loss with the backup quarterback. BC was beaten up on Temple today. So, I guess that's a loss. Um, I guess Tennessee's a win. South Carolina, Vandy, and Arkansas. Those are the That's the best you can do. Or maybe BC's a win and Arkansas's a loss. I, I don't know which of those games you're counting as an automatic loss because none of them are an automatic loss. If you need any more proof that week-to-week simply doesn't matter in college football, Look at the Kentucky Wildcats, right? They ran for a billion yards against Missouri last year, last week. Physically dominated Missouri last week. Won 35 to 28 in a game that wasn't that close. Today, they needed 14 points in the fourth quarter to beat Chattanooga 28-23. Chattanooga. The uh, the Wildcats final numbers in that game. Chris Rodriguez, 13 carries for 46 yards. The dude that was just destroying Missouri last week, 13 catches or carries for 46 yards. Will Levis, 23 of 35 for 254, two touchdowns and two picks. He was fine. Again, Kentucky was fired up last week. They were not as fired up this week. 
I think they will be better next week when they return to SEC play against South Carolina. Missouri came out and did what you would want Missouri to do in the first three quarters of this game. It was 52-7, and they had a yardage edge of about 3-1, to one, a little more than 3-1. to one. And then they put it on cruise control because it was 52-7. And is it ideal? No. It doesn't mean nothing, but I really don't think it means a whole lot. Uh, Antonio Soprano. Hang on, I got uh, ESPN likes to play loud noises in the background there, so I'm going to have to turn that off. That's my fault. Um, T-Rise says, Beatty's the man. QB room is deep. Wide receivers are looking pretty good. I'm going to agree with with the first thing. Tyler Beatty, clearly the man. QB room is deep. I mean, I I don't know. I, I don't know that I learned anything about Brady Cook and Tyler Macon today. I mean... Cook, you know, looked good, um, and he is now 10 for 11 in his career, but he hasn't played against a, a good team in a tough situation. Tyler Macon, good of him to come in and, and get his first experience. He went three for four for 69 yards. Uh, the slant was a nice throw to J.J. Hester, but Hester did most of the work, and again, it's at that point 45-7 against a not very good FCS team, so... How much stock do I put in it? Not That's not saying Tyler Macon and Brady Cook aren't good, but I think saying the QB room is deep is I, – I don't think I would go that far quite yet. It potentially could be deep. I'll say that. Um, does the fourth quarter show anything about the depth of the team? 100%. They don't have very much on defense. Look, I, I mean, again, some of the guys I saw out there, and, and I'm not singling these guys out as – they were the ones who made bad plays because honestly, by that point in the game, I'm not, I'm not watching that closely. But Stacy Brown and Mason Pack were the safeties on Simo's third touchdown. Jatorian Hansford committed a penalty that led to that touchdown and actually wiped out a, an interception by Allie Green. I mean, these are guys that if you're in the fourth quarter, a fourth quarter game against Tennessee or A&M or Arkansas, those aren't the guys on the field. Um, I mean, they, they won't be the guys on the field in a close game, in any situation, not any of them. So, you know, yes, it shows that Missouri doesn't have a ton of depth and that if some guys get hurt and these are the guys that have to play, that's probably not a great situation. But is it reason to panic? Again, it was 52-7 with 575 to 156 total yardage entering the fourth quarter. So, um, you know, uh, Elijah Young averaged 3.8 per carry on 12 attempts. Yeah, not ideal. Um, I thought he looked good on, on a couple. Um, but, you know, numbers you would like to see those look better. I, I like Young, but, um, you know, you'll need to see more out of him if he's the number two guy. Uh, Bryce says our four string defense isn't a reason to lose all hope. Not great, but the defense was fine for three quarters. And, and I would agree. I wouldn't say the defense was great through three quarters, but it was fine. I, I don't think there's any question about that. Um, nothing to take away says Spencer, other than that, there is zero defensive depth outside of the two deep offense did what it was supposed to do. Yeah. Um, that's, that's pretty much, I, I think where, Everybody sits at this point. Um, 
Okay, so we'll continue to go through, but I do want to go ahead and offer up the chance to start the phone calls if you guys want to do that. We'll open up the phone lines, and look, I have to say before we do this a couple of things. First of all, if you are going to call in, please turn the volume down on your computer or whatever you're listening to. Second of all, when I answer the phone, I'm going to call out your area code. If I don't call out your number, just wait. I'll get to you. Sometimes we have four or five people. We don't need anger that it's not your turn or, you know, talking to your girlfriend in the background. Like, I I may be able to find a way to put you on mute, but I'm not sure. So just assume you're not on mute and assume that when I call out your phone number, then it's time to talk. It's not really time to talk until then because we're going to get our wires crossed and there's going to be a bunch of people um, that are that are kind of uh, tripping all over each other. So uh, again, the phone lines are open at five. If anybody that's listening and not watching, I should say the number is 573-234-4935. That's 573 if you've got anything you want to talk about, Mizzou and SEMO, if you want to look ahead to BC, you know, whatever. Again, I understand this is this is a little bit different game. We tend to not put quite as much uh, energy and stock into this one. So, you know, not sure what the phone lines are going to look like today, but they are open. And uh, until, you know, until we get some calls, certainly I'm, I'll still uh, kind of continue to uh, to roll through some of the comments uh ed says all positive offensive skill players look great I, I would say mostly positive again the fourth quarter doesn't mean nothing but it it doesn't override the fact that it was 52-7 and that Missouri did exactly what you would want it to do it handled this game exactly the way it should handle it as far as the guys that are going to be on the field in important situations going forward. Um, you know, because the, the guys that struggled aren't going to be on this field in, in important situations going forward. And if you want to come back with, but what if, you know, two other guys get hurt? Yes, if two other guys get hurt, there's going to be a third stringer on the field. And Missouri is going to be in trouble if the third-string defense is on the field, as most teams would be. Um, it is not a reason to panic. So overall, I, I agree with Ed, much more positive than negative. I won't go so far as to say it's all positive, but if I'm Eli Drinkwitz, I, I'm focusing more on the positive than I am on the negative. You know, um, the raw numbers are going to look worse than they are. SEMO ran for 294 yards, and obviously that looks really bad and actually hurts Missouri's uh, Missouri's per-game average. But, again, it was 52-7. They ran for 185 of those 294 in the, the fourth quarter. And the other thing is, like, that's a team that they threw for, like, 70 yards. So they knew they couldn't come back no matter what the situation was. So they were just running the football. So we got our first call. We're going to go to the uh, phone lines in the 513 area code. Who am I talking to? Hey, Gabe, this is Eric from uh, Cincinnati. What's up, Eric? How you doing, man? Doing all right. How are you? Thanks for doing this. Yeah, appreciate hey, it. I, I, I think like everybody, I'm a little concerned about our lack on uh, depth on D. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm wondering where, do, you know, drinks, increased the the quality of recruiting the last few years but where do we get the the 
the players that can uh, that can can uh, compete while those guys are coming up through the through the year? Do we just have to hit the the portal hard over the next two years to try to keep keep the seniors and juniors up, or or you know how do you yeah. approach that? Yeah, it's I mean. Honestly, it's going to be a little bit of a, of a process. It's going to take some time. I mean, like Arden Walker and Johnny Walker at defensive end, those might be players. Travion Ford might be a player, but probably not right away this year. Like, they're they're not ready to start this year, right? Um, I think – I didn't really notice Trajan Jeffcoat a lot. That That's a little bit disappointing. Um, and now, Simo didn't throw a lot, so the pass rush, I'm not sure what to think of. Isaiah McGuire is a guy that that I think you have some hope for, but the linebackers obviously are a question mark. And again, like you like you said, you're just gonna kind of have to uh, you're just gonna kind of have to wait a minute before you can before you can really put guys out there on on defense that you feel super comfortable with. I know that's not the answer people want to hear, but yeah, you can supplement it in the transfer portal, but. Like Missouri did that this year, and outside of a Caleb Evan, like Blaze Aldridge is starting, but I don't think anybody would say he's played super great. And Allie Green appears to be kind of just pretty much a depth guy at this point. Yeah. Okay. So. All right. Thanks, man. Yep. Thanks for the call, Eric. I appreciate it, man. And uh, all, all right. right, we're going to go now to uh, the nine four zero area code. You with me? Yes. Who all am right. I talking to? This is Ed. Hey, Ed. How you and, doing, man? Uh, and good. Um, one comment about the offense, and especially Brady Cook. Uh, I, I I think he looked great. Yep. And I think one reason why he only played the one series is uh, Basilak like keeps getting banged up a little bit. And I don't think he. I don't think uh, Coach wanted to. I think he wanted to kind of protect him. I think that's one reason why he gave Macon a lot of uh, all the rest of the um, the series. Yeah, you could be right. That was something I kind of thought during the game. I thought, I feel like if Brady Cook's your backup quarterback, he should get more than one series. But maybe he saw everything he needed to see out of Brady Cook there and said, hey, you're good. Now I want to see the freshman that I haven't actually seen facing live bullets um, and see what he looks like. Thought Cook might get one more series, but um, I guess I'm not going to argue. And I it still kind of amazes yeah. me. Missouri fans just tend to gloss over him and and not acknowledge him, you know. And he did. I don't know what else he can do other than what he did: four for four, 25 yards, and a touchdown on his drive. Yeah, and I thought he was very accurate with where he was placing the ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, one other comment on Boston College: I don't know whether you realize they, they're. Uh, their quarterback, who they thought would probably go about the second round of the draft, he got hurt last last game. Yes. So, yes. and they have a pretty good backup. I think he might be a transfer, but I think they have a pretty good backup. But they don't have their really, really outstanding quarterback. So yeah. that that should help a little bit. Yeah, Phil Jerkovic is the guy that they got hurt, and he's out now. Uh, so I'm looking at the score right now. BC beat Temple 28-3 today. Um, BC's quarterback was, it appears, 6 of 14 for 57 yards and a touchdown. Um, So that was a really weird game. I'm not sure what went on. I mean, unless the stats feed I am looking at is really messed up, 
BC threw for 57 yards and ran for about 180. So they had like 240 yards in total offense and won 28 to three. So, um, <laughs> you know, yeah, maybe reason to hope. Um, but again, you know, I, I'm not sure quarterback is the position. If you're about to face Missouri, I'm not sure quarterback's the position I'm concerned with. I'm just more concerned if I have three guys I can hand the ball off to and run them straight up the middle and see what happens, to be quite honest with you. Right, but at least we're not potentially facing a very, very good quarterback. Oh, yeah. So yeah. That's, that's got to be a plus. Okay, thank you. Great show. Take care. All right, thanks, Ed. Appreciate the call, man. Um, yeah, and, and so, yeah, that's a – the uh, the the box score, the live box score on on ESPN was messed up on the BC game most of the day, so I hadn't seen stats. But yeah, their quarterback, uh, his name is Grossel, six for fourteen, fifty seven yards, a touchdown, and a pick. Quarterback rating of eighty six point three. So it'll be interesting to see what BC looks like when Missouri goes up there. I think that is a winnable game. I I would. My guess is that's around a pick 'em. Um, because BC does have the quarterback out, you know, and because Missouri did put up a number today, um, Mizzou's certainly going to have the edge, the edge in, uh, at quarterback. They'll probably have the edge at running back where Tyler Beatty just continues to, uh, do kind of ridiculous things. But, um, it, you know, that's, that's not a gimme by any stretch of the imagination, uh, all right, so let's keep going. Uh, Justin, who joined us on the pregame show and was concerned he might not make it till the end of the game due to his Jägermeister intake, is here. So I am uh, I'm pleased to see that. Justin, thank you for being here. Um, Brad Filbert says, I think Young dances a little too much. Reminds me a little bit of Kendile Lawrence when he was young. That That's possible. I, You know, I, I'd have to go back and, and kind of look a little bit closer, but you always have to wonder were there holes there that a guy missed or were there just no holes there when Young was in the game? Or is the other possibility that the holes were similar to what Tyler Beatty had and Tyler Beatty is just better at making something out of nothing? Um, you know, so I'm not sure because, again, I haven't gone back and watched every carry. You would like Elijah Young to be a little bit more productive than he was if he's your number two back. One thing I was also going to say about um, about the quarterbacks and, and one reason that – I don't want to put too much on this. I mean, guys, I'm not sure Connor Basilak sees receivers that open when they're playing seven on seven in you know in in the backyard at Kiki Chisholm's apartment. To be honest, I mean, there were dudes just running, not even close to any Semo defender. And again, give Missouri's quarterbacks credit. Don't get me wrong, especially for Brady Cook and Tyler Macon who haven't played either very much or at all, going a combined seven for eight for 94 yards and two touchdowns, even against air, is impressive. So I don't want to take away from what they did. I just also don't really want to put too much into it because if there was one area where it was clear SEMA was just completely overmatched, it was in the defensive secondary in the passing game. I mean, they couldn't cover anybody on Missouri. Um, You know, again... They had, let's see, Missouri had six receivers with at least 46 yards. They had one, two, three, four, five, six. 12 different guys catch a pass. Um, You know, they averaged 
over 10 yards an attempt, well over 10 yards an attempt, actually, um, pretty close to 12 yards an attempt, which is a just a ridiculous number. So pass defense, and I'll have to look and see if uh, – if Simo had a sack at all, I don't think no. Simo did not have a sack. I don't really remember a Missouri quarterback being touched. So if there was an area that that Simo was severely overmanned in, even more than the rest, it was pass defense, which is why I want to be a little bit careful, right, about the uh, uh, about the the quarterbacks and and giving that too much credit. Um, okay, so. Michael says, as ugly as it was at times, we can sleep soundly knowing that Luther Macon or Luther Burden saw the Macon Hester play and got an idea of what is waiting for him at Mizzou. And look, I understand all the excitement is about Luther Burden at this point, but if I'm watching that game, it's not the offensive recruits I'm super concerned about. It's how fast can we get guys in here on defense, especially in the front six, to help out. And again, that is almost exclusively the backups, second and mostly third teamers. So you don't want to focus on it. But I, I understand the, the excitement about Luther Burden. But also, Missouri just put up 59 points and 440 passing yards. And, and would it be good to have him? Absolutely. No question. Um, let's see. Uh, Stewart is not concerned about the third or fourth team defense, and neither should you. So there you go. He has, uh, he has, sa- he has saved you. All the time and worry. Um, let's see. T. Rise says Blaze is slow. I, you know, I didn't notice the. It wasn't as glaring today. I think with uh, with some of the guys that that played that the defense was struggling. I mean, it was. It, you know, again, the first three quarters or so, the defense looked okay. Um, Missouri played so many guys on defense that the leading tackler was Jelani Williams, who had five. I think they were all in the fourth quarter, honestly. Uh, Blaze Aldridge had two tackles. Um, if there's a concern, concern maybe, Missouri only had four tackles for loss. Isaiah McGuire had one very early. Uh, Petway, Travion Ford, and then Johnny Walker had a sack too. So, um, you know, four – Four tackles for loss, one quarterback hurry that came from Johnny Walker. You'd like to see maybe a little more havoc wreaked up front. Um, but again, Simo had 109 yards rushing through three quarters, or you know, it, it feels like we're we're picking nits there a little bit. Um, the linebackers weren't great in this game, probably, but like I didn't notice them, and that's an improvement over the first couple weeks. Uh, pretty clear that a lot of those true freshmen will not be ready for a year or two. And look, this is what this is what we've talked about for the first two weeks of the season, or at least I've talked about. Some people maybe don't want to hear it as much, but even you know, like Dominic Lovett looked better today than he has the first two weeks. Same with Mookie Cooper. Uh, now, I think some of that has to do with competition. But your hope is that in game seven and eight that those guys are, are looking pretty good. And those are the extremely talented, highly ranked freshmen on this team. I mean, when you're getting down more to B.J. Harris that got his feet wet today, Arden Walker that got his feet wet, those are guys that you just work in a little bit, whether they play more than four games. I don't think many of them will. You know, then then you uh, – you hope maybe by the end of the season that they are 
more comfortable. And then really in year two is when you're hoping for a bigger contribution from a lot of these guys. I mean, that's the way recruiting is. You are If you are recruiting to fix a team that year, then your program's in trouble. You are more recruiting for two and three years down the road in every class. So these fresh these guys that are freshmen now, the impact is going to be more in 2022 and 2023. And I've said a few times, I don't expect I, I don't think we can have a realistic combination of, or conversation about the SEC East until 2023. Um, quick question for you guys. Speaking of freshmen, I didn't notice him really today. Did Makai Wingo play? Um, I, I'm, I'm curious if anybody noticed him uh, or or if there was something going on. And I'm not going to pretend to sit and stare at the defensive tackles. I do know Darius Robinson and Akeel Byers were the starters, which indicates to me that Kobe Whiteside has fallen out of favor a little bit, um, you know, based on what has happened recently. But curious if if any of you guys noticed that uh, whether Makai Wingo was, was on the field or not. Um, Dan's asking, how could Drinkwitz have missed so badly on the transfers? He literally could target anyone he wanted. Well, I mean, look. I think a Caleb Evans has been good, right? Um, he, no issues there. Allie Green, Allie Green seemed to me like a guy Missouri wasn't going to take until all of a sudden they were just like, yeah, we got a spot, we'll take him. I, I could be wrong, but that was my read on it. Like, he didn't have an offer for a long time. I, really, if you're talking about missing on the transfers, I guess you're talking probably about Blaze Aldridge. Now, were there other transfer linebackers that they recruited? Probably. But for whatever reason, they couldn't get them. I mean, again, recruiting is its a two-way street, right? If you want to bring a guy in, he also has to want to come. You can't just pick, uh, hey, we want you, come transfer here. That guy's got to want to transfer. Um, so they thought Blaze Aldridge was, was the guy to target and the you know, the best guy that they could get. Again, I'm not going to say that I know that Blaze Aldridge was number one on their linebacker board. I have no idea. He may have been number 14, and they missed on the first 13. Um, but he was the guy they got. Um, you know, I think the the extra year, the COVID year, kind of it, – it helped and hurt Missouri. It helped them in that it gave them more bodies on the defensive line this year. But it hurt them in that it was almost like, well, hey, we have these guys coming back. But, again, those guys were just guys last year. You know? I mean, Chris Turner has been here five years, and he's a guy. Um, Jatorian Hansford, he's not a super senior, but, like, he's not really going to play meaningful snaps. It appears more and more that Kobe Whiteside maybe was a product of playing next to to uh, Jordan Elliott as much as anything. Even Akeel Byers, like, he's fine. He's a guy, you know, and Markel Lutze and Trey Williams, who transferred away, they were guys. Um, Missouri needed difference makers. And with, you know, again, it was a two-way street. Players had to say, I want to come back. But also the coaches had to say, we want to have you back. So so that was a two-way street, and I'd say they made some mistakes. So let's go to the phone line, 309. Who am I talking to? All right. Hi. How you doing? Not bad. Who is this? This is uh, David Wiley. I go by Dick Wiley. Okay, what's Dick up? Zoo fan. How you doing, man? Good to hear from you. I mean, I think our uh, defense is a little soft. I think uh, we're going to lose uh, Boston College by 14. You think? 
I mean, Boston. I think we will. I'm going to the game next week. Yeah. Okay. Boston College today only had like 240 yards of total offense against Temple. You know. They're, they're a solid team, though. I mean, I yeah, look yeah. at their stats. A lot better team to do is on offense. Uh, I mean, backup quarterback coming in. I don't know. Mizzou had 570 yards today. I, I think it's a toss-up game. They could definitely lose, but I don't think it's a sure thing. I mean, 570 yards against Simo. I agree. I, mean, I hope Mizzou wins against Boston College, but I won't be surprised if we lose. Yeah, no, I agree. It's a toss-up game, man. It, it could go either way. So you're going you're going to BC, huh? Yeah. I think BC wins. If I was okay. a bet man, I'd bet BC. So you got, you got big plans for the trip? Uh, no, we're staying in, uh, Watertown with, uh, two of my college buddies up there. All right. Uh, a couple miles away from, uh, the school. It'll be fun. P- Perfect, man. Well, yeah, enjoy the trip. Maybe the game and it'll be a fun time. All right. Well, enjoy the trip. Maybe give us a call after the game. Give us a report from up there next week. I will. I will definitely give you a call after the game. All right. I appreciate it, man. Thanks a lot. All right. I'll see you, man. All right. Have a good one. That was, uh, I believe, Dick Wiley. So, uh, hey, we'll get a uh, we'll get a, an eyewitness account from Chestnut Hill, Massachusetts, next weekend. Look, I, I'm not going to be surprised if Missouri gets beat next week. I, I think the line is going to be about a pick 'em. Um, uh, um, BC is, I, I think they're uh, shoot. Let me let me see if I can uh, figure out like. They're now three and zero. I don't know if they've beaten anybody good, to be quite honest with you. Um, I mean, they beat Temple today, which counts for nothing. I think they, I think they might have played like Holy Cross or somebody one week. I mean, I, I don't think they've they've got they've had a great season, but you know they're a solid team. They're Kentucky like. They're about that. I mean, they're capable. And, and again. Kentucky last week looked looked like top 20 good against Missouri, right? They barely beat Chattanooga today. So what Missouri did today doesn't mean very much for next Saturday. What Boston College did today doesn't mean very much for next Saturday. You know, um, could go any number of ways. Uh, hey, one, one, two, uh, while we have just a minute, and do invite you guys to call in anytime you want, 573-234-4935. Uh, but want to mention uh, the Boulevard Brewing Company is the sponsor of this show. They did it all year last year. Did it after basketball games for us last year, too. And um, and are back on board this year for the post-game drink. Uh, Boulevard Brewing Company, obviously you guys know about the many – wonderful selections they have as far as beer but they also have the fling cocktails and now they've got quark out that's uh that's kind of like their seltzer product this year um you can go check that out buy that pick that up at pretty much any grocery store in mid-missouri i've seen it around high v and schnooks and um you can get it anywhere i'm betting you could get some over at mcadoodles here in town which is uh, another one of our partners uh but also if you just Kind of like me, you'd rather have a beer, you're not into the seltzer. Hey, they've got all sorts of great stuff. Space Camper, Tank 7, uh, you get some Rattler. It's starting to starting to get into fall. Maybe some of the some of the uh, you know the Browns or or some of the darker beer. You can give that a shot. Again, you can get Boulevard all over, really at this point, almost all over the country. I mean, uh, 
there was there was a time that you know they were only in like six or seven states but you can get it just about anywhere now so thanks to boulevard brewing company for bringing this show to you guys and making it possible every week and uh thanks to you guys for hopping on and while you're here do me a favor hit the like button um on the show subscribe to the channel while you're here and um well, we've got just a minute to take, take one more look at kind of these side-by-side -side stats and what everybody's talking about. Again, SEMO 373 yards. They ran for 294. At the end of the third quarter, SEMO had 156 yards of offense and 109 rushing. Means they had 185 rushing yards and 217 total yards in the final 15 minutes of this game when Missouri's defense was largely... You know, Jelani Williams, Jamie Petway, Chad Bailey, uh, Chris Sheeran, Stacey Brown, guys that just aren't going to be out there for the meaningful snaps. I see uh, DJ Jackson, a freshman, he apparently played today. He's got two tackles here. Dalen Carnell, a freshman, played. Um, Daniel Robledo hasn't played all season. He played. Uh Andrew Serrano, a walk-on defensive lineman, he played. I mean, I'm telling you guys, if you were on the roster, you pretty much played. Travion Ford was out there late. So are you concerned that that group gave up 217 yards in the fourth quarter? I mean, look, there's a reason that those guys weren't playing the first three quarters and they didn't play the first two weeks. It doesn't mean they're not going to be good players down the road. It means they're not ready right now. And – before the game on the pregame show, we had talked about, so what do you do? Do you do you play the starters a long time to get them reps, or do you maybe try to toss some guys out there as far as backups and see what you've got? And I thought, toss some guys out there at backup and see what you've got. Well, now Eli Drinkwitz knows what he has. He has guys that, like, every – we keep getting questions. Well, how come this guy isn't playing? How come this guy isn't playing? And we keep saying, the coaches are playing the guys they think are the best and have earned it in practice. That was shown today. There's not guys on this roster that suddenly are just going to make the defense better. The guys that they're playing are the best defenders they have. It, that was shown by the game today because through three quarters, the guys they've been playing held Simo down. They brought in some of these other guys, and they did not hold Simo down. So I, I think that actually kind of shows the idea that, hey, you know, maybe we have some guys we don't know about. I, eh. I think uh, I think maybe right now you don't, if we're being real honest about it. So uh, there's the number again, 573-234-4935. And uh, let me see if I can uh, roll through some more of your all's comments. Uh, let's see. Justin Ferguson says he doesn't remember seeing Makai Wingo and he doesn't have a, he didn't have a tackle. I know that. Um, Peter Leopold saying, didn't see the second half. How did Simo get 28? I mean, they just, they just ran the ball against Missouri's backup defense. Uh, Bama has taken a seven, nothing lead on Florida. This is not a surprise. I would bet Bama every single week. Um, all right. We're going to jump back to the phone line now. We got somebody out of the 314 area code. Who's on the phone? Hey, uh, yeah, Tyler here. Um, just uh, had a question for you. You know, uh, don't really have too many takeaways from the game on my yeah. specific kind of plays or performances given kind of opponent. But the one thing I did think I liked was, 
you know, coming off a tough loss last week right on the road at Kentucky. Obviously, we've seen teams lose, but you see a lot of teams just come flat out flat in this game. And I thought, you know, at least especially kind of the first quarter, the team looked pretty focused, came out, obviously, you know, jumped out to kind of a big lead. And, you know, the one thing I think uh, that I like the best actually about Drinkwitz from just a coaching standpoint is it seems like he does a good job of getting his guys ready to play kind of week yeah. in and week out and kind of focused on, you know, doing doing their things and being bought in. So just wanted to kind of get your thoughts on, on that uh, kind of from a, a high level and just, you know, a team kind of at least being ready to play, uh, which, you know, we don't talk about, I don't think, enough or sometimes it, that's a big kind of skill set, I think, from, from coaches. Totally agree. Actually, the one thing you want to see out of this game is what's the first quarter look like? Because if the first quarter, if you give Simo hope, maybe you let him hang around. There was no hope. There was touchdown, three and out, touchdown, three and out, touchdown. It was 21 nothing. SEMO had run like seven plays. The game was over. Everybody knew the – Missouri knew the game was over. SEMO knew the game was over. So I, you judge them more on the f- first 10 minutes, really, than you do even the last 50. And, again, those are your starters. Those are your guys. Like, Tyler Beatty and, you know – Devin Nicholson, Martez Manuel, Connor Bays, like these are the guys that are going to be the reasons you win or lose against Tennessee and A&M and Arkansas and those teams. It, the guys that were giving up 217 yards in the fourth quarter aren't going to see the field in those games. So I, I don't – I think that there's a little too much energy given to worrying about that. I agree with you on the first quarter, though. Yeah, I, I agree as well, too. I did like, you know, I thought on the receiver side, there was a couple of, you know, guys that made some plays today, which, you know, of course the competition, but, you know, it was good just to see Lovett and, and Cooper, you know, I think kind of continue to get their feet wet. So I, I think, you know, that's something too that they could help them next week and, and then some of the bigger games. So totally agree. Uh, that'll hang up. Thanks. Have a good one. All right. Thanks, Tyler. And and I really like Chance Looper every time I, I get a chance to see the kid play. He, he looks good, man. He looks like an SEC receiver. We're going to stay here on the line. Uh, 815 area code. Who's on the phone? What's up, David? It's Ron. Hey, Ron. How you doing, man? What's uh, what's on your mind? Yeah, no, I um, I think for the most part, when you have uh, when you have the first the first teamers just kind of go out and handle their business and, and dominate, which is what they should have done. Uh, that's all you can ask for. Like you don't read almost anything into it, but I think the fact that they went out there, they looked crisp. On offense, Bazelak, um, at least in the first quarter, I don't know what, what his deal was in the, uh, in the second game to use missing some throws. But, I think he hit his hand um, or his arm on overall, a helmet. Yeah. No, I, uh, I agree. I think um, I, I think so. I agree with the last call. They got um, a lot of skilled players who uh, were involved. Uh, love it. Uh, Baby, of course. Uh, Cooper a little bit. Um, I just think it, it sets the table pretty nicely for next week when you know, I, uh, I'm i still afraid of the Boston College game, but the fact that they are playing um, a backup quarterback themselves, it makes it a little more winnable. And wins are good, even though this team's got a long way to go. Um, so I, I'm, just, I'm just curious to hear. I don't, you can't really pull any you know big-picture thoughts out of this game, but do you think just for setting the table for next week, I think here's an underrated part of this week as it as it impacts next week, and that is Missouri is going into next week with uh, most of their players basically having a half week off this week. I mean, Connor Bazelak didn't play in the second half. Tyler Beatty had 
nine carries, you know, and didn't play in the second half. Even most of the defense didn't play in the second half, most of the starters. So I think that's an underrated thing. They are going in playing against a team that probably played guys a little bit longer because they played a 28-3 game at Temple. And Missouri's guys basically played a half game. I, I bet if we go and look at it, nobody on Missouri played more than about 40 snaps in this game. And that's a big deal. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh, just one other, one other thing that that, that stood out to me: um, Do we have a backup uh, quarterback controversy on on campus? I uh, I think people are always looking ahead, looking at the, those recruiting rankings, thinking yeah. it's going to go somewhere from Bay's like to Tyler Macon to Sam Horn. But Brady Cook, man, I, I know it's just yeah. Timo, but it looks like he has uh, some good zip on his passes, and I think he's. Uh, God forbid it feels like is is goes down for a little bit. I think he could he could move the I, offense pretty well. What do you think about that? I think he's the guy based on the fact that he played first, right? And I don't think that can be ignored. When the number two quarterback came in, it was Brady Cook. Also, like I understand Macon had the sixty yard touchdown or sixty five yard touchdown. I mean, it was a good throw, but 55 of that was J.J. Hester just being faster than the defensive backs that were around him. It wasn't this highlight reel throw. It was a nice quick slant. You know, um, Macon had an incompletion. Cook didn't. I I think Macon obviously has a chance, but because he's local, I mean, so is Cook, but because he's from East St. Louis and because he had more stars and was more highly rated, I think people just jump straight to Tyler Macon. I think Brady Cook's the number two quarterback this year. Um, I don't think it's a wide gap. I'm sure Missouri hopes to never really have to answer that question, but based on the fact he played first, I think he's the backup. Gotcha. Well, yep. plenty to look forward to next week. A lot, a lot more to learn about this team um, yep. going up against Boston College versus Blake Casino, but – We'll talk to you next weekend. Thanks. All right, sounds good. Thanks, Ron. We got uh, we got somebody on the on the line from three one four area code. You still with us, Dave? Yeah. Hey man, it's Craig. How you doing? Hey Craig, what's going on? How are you, man? I'm good, dude. I'm good. Hey, compared to last weekend, this post game drink is like a lot more serious. It's a little bit and calm, right? A little bit crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I think. Uh, what do you prefer? Do you prefer the more wacky or the more serious? Well, I like the activity, um, so I like it to be busy. Last week was a little bit crazy, just trying to keep up with it. Um, but I like it more when you guys talk more than when I, more than me talking. So if we can find a happy medium, that's good. I feel like eleven a.m. games are are worse for the post game because I feel like even though maybe you know, my audience isn't complete grownups. At least most of them probably aren't hammered at 2.45 in the afternoon, right? Well, I don't know. Some probably are. Some. Some some. quotes about Jägermeister or something. Yeah. Right. I mean, I don't, I don't want to make a blanket statement. There are some who, you know, you can't, can't drink all day if you don't start in the morning. So, you know. We had a nice little afternoon here. Uh, Some friends invited us over. Uh, They made some fajitas. Okay. Delicious. And uh, we left the kids at home, so we didn't bring them. Uh, daughter is a junior in high school. She has a test this week coming up, so she's studying for her test. Very important. But I okay. uh, wanted to ask you about uh, a couple things. So if you think this game's played in Cape Girardeau, what do you think the score might have turned out? you think it's any different? We still blow them out. 
Um, yeah, I don't think it's any different. I don't think the I don't think the the uh, location had anything to do with it. I don't honestly know what Semo Stadium is like or how many it can hold, but I have a feeling it would not necessarily be an intimidating road atmosphere. I, today was just all about the 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 talent gap. It's not a bad stadium. I almost went to school there. I, I was actually in line to register for classes with my parents, we kind of walked through the campus, collected all my classes, and, uh, like, literally one spot away, I was about ready to turn in my form for all my classes. I stepped out of line and said, I'm not going to SEMO, I'm going to Mizzou. Okay. And that sealed it. I ended up going to Mizzou, and uh, SEMO's not a bad school. A lot of hills on campus there, but I don't know. But I think the turning point of that game, um, if you could say there was one, was, was when we were up it sounds silly, but we're up 42 to nothing. They they actually had a third and long. They converted and they scored, and we just answered right back with that long touchdown yeah. to make and to, to Hester. I, I thought that was kind of a key play. Yeah, I have, a, I have a hard time going with the turning point being at 42-7. I think the turning point was more um, – SEMO deferred and Missouri scored in six plays and then forced a three and out. And I think the game was, if it wasn't over then, it was over like two possessions later. So, you know, uh, but nice, nice, nice throw by Macon, nice run by Hester. So, yeah, I mean, it was, I thought it was a decent throw. I was like 10 yards in the air. I like yeah. the announcers thought it was like the end all be all, but it was like a swing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was it a was solid throw. Deal, solid throw. So, well, Craig, I, I guess, pr- like, you know, the one, the one thing is the punt team didn't get on the field at all today, like, which I don't know if that matters or not, but they didn't, did they punt even once? I think they might have had a punt. Um, hang on, I can look it up. I, I feel like I saw Grant McInnes' name at one point. Uh, oh, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not seeing it. Yeah, uh, doesn't really matter. Doesn't matter. Cool. Yeah, Missouri well, punted once for 56 day. yards. So thanks for the call, Craig. I appreciate it, man. Good to see you, buddy. All right. Later. Bye. Okay, we're going to stay in the 314 area code. You still with me? Yeah, I think I'm here. Is, is, is it me? Yeah, yeah. Uh, who am I talking to? Uh, this is Nick. Hey, Nick. How are you, man? Good. Hey, man. Uh, you were talking about SEMO Stadium. I thought it was kind of interesting. Their first game of the year, they actually had to uh, close down their uh, south grandstand because it was condemned i believe for structural issues but uh that's neither here nor here there um one of my questions was was kind of related to the transfer portal not so much related to mizzou but it seems like we've seen a lot of parity this year in college football do you think the transfer portal has hurt has helped that a little bit it, that's a decent thought. Um, you know, I mean, we need to get, uh, I think, probably a little further into the season. I mean, I do like that it, we are, two, what, two weeks into the season and Clemson and Ohio State have already lost games and Oklahoma's been pushed a couple times. I mean, so that makes it look maybe reasonable that there will be more parity. Um, I'm not sure if we're there yet, but we're at least maybe taking a step in that direction. Um, yeah, the the portal is not the fact that guys didn't have to sit out so there were more transfers and probably guys left some of these these more power five programs where they aren't going to play and maybe went to places where they're finding more playing time that that could be a factor i mean we'll probably have to get to the end of the year and have somebody that's far more ambitious than i am do like more of a study on it and and take a look but it's not a bad thought 
Do you think that the transfer rules will change going forward as far as, I mean, leaving it where you don't have to sit out a year? Or um, do you think we'll go back to kind of the way it was? No, I think we will. I, I think there will be the one-time waiver. Like, you can transfer one time without sitting out. You're not going to be able to transfer again without sitting out. Last year was was different because of COVID and everything, but I think you'll be able to transfer one time without sitting out a year. Um, and whether that will remain in place, you know, in conference or, or not, I'm not sure. But I, I think we'll stick with that because I think we've gone too far down the road of, like, siding with the players to take that off the table now. Thanks, man. I appreciate you. Great work. All right, Nick. Appreciate the call, man. Thank you for uh, for being a part of it. Let's uh, let's go down to the five seven three area code. Who am I talking to? Oh, hey, Gabe. How you doing? This is Gary. What's up, Gary? How, how's things, man? Yeah, okay. Well, Gabe, I don't have a shirt on right now, but okay. I want to talk about um, I want to talk about Mike Cox. How could we okay. not talk about Mike Cox? We haven't talked about Mike Cox yet. Yeah, I'm surprised that it Mike hasn't Kelly, been Mike mentioned. Mike Kelly was going on about, he was talking about Ernie Blackwell, how he looked like Ernie Blackwell. I'm like, what? I couldn't find the, the game because, well, I don't know what happened to it. But well, it was on SEC+. It sounded Plus. like Mike Cox looked pretty good. Yeah, I mean, four carries for 77 yards, 55-yard touchdown, I'll had a nice it. day. Had a nice day. Um, is yeah. that our third guy now? Is that the, is that number three? Uh, I think. I think he earned it. I think I, mean, I didn't see Dawson yeah. Downing out there. Yeah, Downing had one carry. He gained no yards. B.J. Harris had five carries for seventeen. Um, but again, he's a freshman who you probably want to keep the red shirt. I think Michael Cox did at least enough to be the third guy and and get some more looks. I mean, he's a big dude, man, and he's not slow. Yeah, that's what Mike was saying. I mean, I, they said Ernie was about 6'3". I don't yeah. remember him being that big, Ernest, but... Ernest Blackwell... Uh, they said, what, Mike Cox was probably 6'2", two, 6'3", six, two, six, maybe? Yeah, that's that's probably right. I mean, I think Cox is like 6'2", 230, but like Ernest Blackwell is maybe the one of the most physically gifted football players I've ever seen here. So I'm not going to put. Oh, yeah. you, I'm not going to put Mike say Cox that before. I've heard everybody say that about yeah. him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's not Justin Smith, but and he's probably not Denario Alexander. But outside of those guys, he's in the conversation. So I'm not going to put Michael Cox in that discussion quite yet. Um, but he's a big dude, and and he's but not we like slow. Him. We yeah. like him. Yes, yes. Uh, he is. He is Power Mizzou's. You know, Power Mizzou kind of made that guy. I feel like this show kind of created the uh, legend. Well, yeah, I was part. I was part of that. I was part of that. Well, yeah. I certainly appreciate it. I mean, I'm glad everybody pointed out to me that he actually existed. Which th- this time a year ago, I did not think he did. So very exciting. All right, Gabriel. We'll see you later. All right. Sounds good, Gary. Thanks for the call, man. Uh, any call that starts out with I not wearing a shirt right now is it's always intriguing uh you know you never know quite what you're gonna get sometimes you might get craig's life story um on the on the show uh you never know what what's gonna go on so uh let's see let's let's take one more look at it kind of you know your big your big storylines today the headlines uh for Missouri were these. Tyler Beatty, another big day. Connor Bazelak, a big day. Uh, 675 yards of total offense. Whole bunch of firsts. I know Joel Lorenzi is going to write some about that. Some of the firsts in this game. Four guys, five guys, I think, had their first touchdown. A few guys had their first catch. Johnny Walker had his first sack. A lot of, a lot of firsts in this game. So, uh, 
Mizzou, again, was up 52-7 through three, ended up winning 59-28. to And that's the story, guys. I mean, I think all fairly, again, as I started out saying, there are two ways you can look at this. You could focus on the last quarter. You can focus on, oh, my God, our third stringers can't stop SEMO running the football. Or you can focus on the first three quarters and say, like, I, I forget who it was that pointed out, they deserve credit for coming out and being ready to go right off the bat, right? Coming out ready to roll. And, hey, let's uh, let's get this going strong. At the beginning, they did that. And, you know, I thought impressive first two and a half to three quarters, and then they put it on cruise control, and it is human nature we have somebody asking for the the number to call in so i'm gonna put it back on the screen uh give me just a minute there it is 573-234-4935 if you do want to call in and keep this show going that is certainly fine we've we've made it an hour in here which is is kind of i always like to go at least an hour after the game never never sure what it's going to look like in a game like this that honestly was over at about noon um they went ahead and played for another couple hours. I uh, thought Dave Steckel did a, a nice job on the, the color commentary. Uh, good to hear Steck again. And, you know, obviously he knows plenty of football. He knows Mizzou. So that was that was kind of uh, – I kind of like that on a – clearly on, like, the Ocho on one of the uh, one of the D-list games for the SEC, having a guy that at least knows the team, knows the roster, knows the state, knows the knows the area, um, I thought was, was a good experience for uh, – Mizzou fans so uh we'll we'll give you a couple more minutes if you do want to call in 573-234-4935 again Mizzou and Boston College it's gonna be an 11 a.m game I think it's on ESPNU next week I know it's not on SEC Network Plus so it will be easier for uh, a lot of people to find that might have struggled to do so today uh, but we'll talk about that BC game throughout this week and obviously we'll do the pregame and everything uh next Saturday but I said at the beginning of the year, these first four games, you wanted to come out three and one. I said, I didn't think it was likely that Missouri was going to sweep Kentucky and Boston College, but you want what you want is to avoid getting swept by Kentucky and Boston College. Um, so obviously to do that, Missouri's got to go run up and uh, go up and, and beat BC. Uh, so we'll see if they can do that. If they can do that, they're going to come back here three and one, and I think everybody will feel pretty good about that. Um, I could be wrong, but maybe some of you will be disappointed. But I think most people will feel pretty good about it. If you can come back with three and one, Connor Bazelak and Tyler Beatty playing well, leading the way, and hopefully the defense finds a little bit of footing. Um, you know, again, I said today, I don't care if they hold Simo to twelve yards and no points. I'm not going to come out of this saying the defense is fixed. They didn't do that, and I'm not saying that. Uh, but we'll see what they look like at BC against, you know, a representative uh, Power 5 offense next week. Uh, Floyd the Barber wants to know how good do you feel about Luther picking up the Mizzou hat next month? I mean, I've, I've said, I haven't said it on this show, I've said it on our site. If I had to handicap it today, I think he would pick Missouri. It is still four and a half weeks away. He has a visit to Georgia between now and then. Things happen. I mean, things can always change. If I had to forecast it today, I think he's going to go to Missouri. That doesn't mean in four and a half weeks the same will necessarily be true. 
but um, you know, we'll see where it goes. And I feel like, guys, that's that's kind of a good place to to shut this one down. Uh, Luther Burden, um, you know, sees Missouri win 59-28. Tigers 2-1 as they go to BC next week. I want to thank you guys for watching again. Hey, we know that these shows, uh, the shows after games like this are a little bit less active, and, and shows after 11 a.m. games sometimes are a little bit less active. But do want to thank you guys, uh, those of you who are here with us. Hit the like button. Hit the subscribe button on your way out. I'm going to upload this as a podcast. If you're listening on the podcast and you have made it this far, please uh, – Review the podcasts and, uh, you know, give us good reviews. Five stars, preferably. I've heard that's the highest. So thanks once again to Boulevard Brewing Company. Check out all their beers. Check out the Fling Cocktails. Pick up some of the Quark Seltzer at your grocery store. Uh, Not going to be home for a couple weeks, but October 2nd, they're back home against Tennessee. You're going to need some tailgating stuff. Pick up some Boulevard products for your tailgate. Um, Before that game against Tennessee, we will know the – We'll know kick time on Monday. So appreciate you guys being part of it. Uh, Joel and Mitchell and myself will have plenty of continuing coverage on PowerMizzou.com this afternoon and all day tomorrow. And we'll talk to you guys later.